Happy Mother's Day to all you guys. It's, it's, a, it's a special Mother's Day to me this morning um, because my mama's here. I'm excited about that. Yeah, you can give mama some praise. Um, mama lives down in St. Simon's Island, so she's a beach bum. Um, and so we normally Mother's Day and, and her birthday was Cinco de Mayo, so usually Mother's Day and her birthday are usually just a phone call. And she's been here all week, so I've been pretty excited about that. I've gotten to celebrate with Mama all week, so I'm excited about that. Um, this morning, I had the honor to bring you a word from God on Mother's Day. I'm excited about that. And the privilege to continue in our series, The Power of One. The Power of One, with a message titled, The Power of One Faith-Filled Legacy. But before we start, if you are here worshiping with your mama this morning will you just say "Woo!" oh that was pretty good y'all didn't seem very excited y'all just give me a "Woo!" oh the youth are so much better at that <laughs> we're excited about about you about you all being here we are super excited about that and i'm excited about the message the power of one faith-filled legacy We've talked about the power of, of one for, for a couple weeks now. And now I could get to continue in this message series with the power of one faith-filled legacy. Um, and if you know anything about me, you know that I am probably going to get pretty excited up here. So you're just going to have to kind of bear with me. I'm what we call Baptocostal. Okay, I'm somewhere in the middle between Baptist and Pentecostal. And, and so I may get up and run around them here. I'm not really sure, but... What I can tell you is that I'm super excited about this message. And I'm super excited about the series that we're doing, The Power of One. As we're looking at who first is and what our core values are and, and who we are going to be to the community. And as Pastor Doug leads us into the future, we're talking about the power of one. That, that each and every seat in the pew has power of the gospel. Do you believe that this morning? Do you believe that you have gospel power residing it with you? That, that woo, you got way too much blessing. To, amen. Amen. Yeah, Pastor. I, I believe it. I, I believe it. Do you believe that you have gospel power residing with you this morning? Amen and amen. Jesus went to a holy, rugged cross, died on it, and rose up three days later so that you could have power over sin this morning. Do you believe that you have power over sin this morning? Yeah. Amen. The power of one. The power of one. The power of one faith-filled legacy or the power of one faith-filled Christian. The power of one faith-filled legacy. Legacy. We'll be talking about a few of the faith-filled women in the scriptures and how their legacy was cemented through, dis through different aspects of their lives. But if you will, real quick, if you'll turn to 2 Timothy, 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 5 for me. And we're going to start by talking about two women in the Bible. So 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 5. Paul says, I am reminded of your sincere faith, a faith that dwelt first in your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice, and now I am sure 
dwells in you as well. Let's pray. Father God, we come before you today, Lord, and we thank you for everything you do. We thank you for the good and perfect gifts that come from you. Father, we ask you that this morning that you would be real to us. Father, we ask you this morning that you would open our minds, that you would open our hearts, and that you would open our ears to what you have for us, Father. Father, we ask you that the people we came in here, that we do not leave those same people, Father. Father, that we would leave excited about your mission and excited about our mission field. Father, give us a faith like Eunice and Lois, God. Give us a faith-filled legacy. In your name we pray. Amen. Eunice and Lois. Eunice and Lois. We don't really know anything else about Lois and Eunice other than Paul was so taken back by their faith and by the faith that they displayed that he cemented them in Scripture. That's all we know about them was that they were that uh, they were Timothy's mother and Timothy's grandmother, and they had such an impact on Paul, and they apparently had such an impact on Timothy that Paul noticed their faith in Timothy. Is that not an amazing testimony to the life they led? That someone looked at these two women, at, at this young man, and said, you know who you remind me of? You remind me of two women that I saw at one point that blew me away by their faith. That's all we know about Lois and Eunice is that they were faith-filled Christians. But they had so much faith that Paul noticed. The message that I believe God has for us this morning will not be geared specifically toward mothers. But toward the legacy that a faith-filled Christian can leave by looking at the lives of four faith-filled women and the impact that they have. When I think about the legacy of a faith-filled Christian, my mind immediately goes to the analogy of a house. The legacy of a Christian is not something that one simply wakes up with. It's not something that you wake up one day and you think, now I'm a faith-filled Christian. That doesn't happen just like you don't look at a raw lot of land and wake up the next morning and say, there's going to be my dream house on it. You go to sleep and there's still trees where your house is supposed to be. When you wake up, there's still going to be trees where your house is supposed to be. Until you put in the work to get those trees off of that land and start building your house, that land will still not look the way you expect it to. The legacy of a Christian is not something that you simply wake up with. The faith-filled legacy of a Christian is something that is built. It's something that is built piece by piece, board by board, brick by brick throughout a lifetime of service to Jesus. Now, now listen to me. Some days building is steady and enjoyable. Some days you're working away and life has found a rhythm. That, that you're working for Jesus and, and that is where you get your joy and your pleasure from. And there's this cadence in your life that happens. Well, I go to church on Wednesday, and then I do this on Thursday, and then this is on Friday, and then, and then on Sunday I go to church, and I serve here on Monday, and then I serve here on Tuesday. And it's almost like if someone were to take a piece of that and pull it out, that your entire routine would fall apart. 
Because you are now at a point where you're just steady. You're just chugging along. You're like the little engine that could. Chugga, 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 chugga. And you're just driving right along. And you find pleasure in that. You're able to enjoy who you are in Christ. And your service to your Savior, your neighbor, and your church bring you joy and purpose. There are times when building is fast and chaotic. Just like building a house. There's times when, when things start to happen. And when they start happening, they start happening quickly. And, and it, it, it's just going and it's chaotic. There seems to always be another event, another camp, another neighbor in need, something on the calendar. We're about to, we're about to go into a season as a church where, where the calendar is going to be full. And, and it's my favorite part of the year. We've got VBS and then we've got middle school mania and then we've got summer camp and then we've got this and then we've got that and then before you know it school starts and, and then you have football season that starts and then we're feeding football teams and <clears throat> then we're going and we're seeing students and, and then there's other conferences that we have to do and there's this and, and it's so fun but at the same time it just starts to get so busy that you, your, your head starts to scramble and you start to worry am I going to be able to keep everything up? You realize in those moments that your endurance, your endurance is growing daily. You form new friendship and your circle of influence grows or your oikos, is, as we've been talking about, that circle of influence that starts to grow. And, and you're excited about that, and, and, but it's, it's growing beyond what you're comfortable with. God is using you in great ways, but if you're honest, the fast pace and new responsibilities are pushing you to your limits. And the feeling of burnout is always on the horizon. So sometimes life is steady. And, and you're building board by board and, and you can see it happen. Sometimes, sometimes life is, is fast and chaotic. And before you know it, there's, there's things that have been built that you really weren't sure. Have you ever been driving down the road? And, and it seems like... Now, have you ever driven to work and you got to work and thought, how did I get here? You're just all wrapped up in your thoughts. And, and you do that for six, seven months. And then you're driving down one day and you're like, okay, I'm going to intentionally think about where I'm going. And as you're driving, you're like, when did they build that? When did that happen? They just started grading that thing. But it, it all happened so fast. And sometimes you look internally and you look at yourself and you think, when did that happen? Like, when was I able to do that? I mean, I, I would have never been able to, to go at this pace. And then there are times when building seems slow. The days are stormy and dark. The winds howl, the rains pour, and you just pray that the season will pass. Through the blackness of the night, you cry into your pillow, praying that God will give you the strength because you're all too certain that this is the tempest that will do you in. The morning won't come, the night won't pass, and you will never again know what it means to be normal. But in those times, those are the times when God works on the internal details. The intricate patterns of your faith, the beautiful designs of your heart where you can trace every raindrop, every storm, every gale, you see the patterns that were formed in your life. And then someone sees your patterns 
and they recognize them. They know that you've been through a storm that they currently can't see the end of. And you prove through your scars that the light will come and every season starts to make sense. You start to see why God is building the legacy for you. Every brick, every board, every nail is a masterful stroke of the brush of the Father. And in this moment in Timothy's life, he is starting to look like Lois and Eunice. And Paul says, I know exactly where that faith comes from because I've seen that foundation. I've seen that building. I've seen that. But we don't know anything else about Lois and Eunice other than they were these extraordinary women of faith. So how is a legacy built? How is a faith-filled legacy built? Well, I believe that we can look at, at four women and see this. First, it's built on a foundation of prayer. In 1 Samuel chapter 1, we, we learn of a woman named Hannah. 1 Samuel chapter 1 tells us of a woman that prayed for a child. Her husband Elkanah had two wives, Penina and Hannah. We're told that Elkanah loved Hannah and that because of this she was tormented by Penina for not having children. Hannah would weep bitterly and not eat for days from the distress of her situation. She went to the temple and prayed so fervently that the priest Eli mistook her for a drunken woman. And Eli said, you need to put away the wine when you come to the temple. And Hannah said, no, there's, there's no wine. I'm just so distressed in what's going on that I'm just crying out to, to God. Have you ever had a moment where your mouth is moving but there's no words coming out? Where there's a prayer in your heart that you don't know the words to say? Where the hurt is so deep and so strong that you're not really sure how to form it into words. You just know that your heart is breaking. And the Bible says that Hannah is in this moment. That she's praying from her heart, that her mouth is moving, but there's no words coming out. And Hannah is praying, and she's praying. I wonder if there's some people in here that are dealing with that kind of hurt. We all know the story. Hannah prayed and she promised the child to God and Samuel was born. Hannah's faith was built on a foundation of prayer, crying daily for the Lord to answer her and give her a child, praying for relief from the harassment she was dealt from Penina. Hannah's prayers were answered with Samuel. Samuel would go to anoint Saul and anoint David through whom Christ would be in the lineage of a king. Who are you praying for in this season? Who are you praying for in this moment? Are you praying for a child that has strayed? A child that is is walking away from the faith that he or she was raised in? Are you praying for a child? Are you praying for a a spouse that doesn't believe, a a season that you can't get through, an, an illness that you need deliverance from, a family member that's suffering? 1 John chapter 5 verse 14 says that we have confidence that he hears our prayers, that we have a God that does not let 
prayers fall on deaf ears, but listens to every word from our heart. In Psalm 17, the psalmist writes, I call on you, God, for you answer me. I call on you because I know you hear. Now, I know that the, 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 the name of Hannah is difficult on Mother's Day. Because there are several mothers in here. There's several women in here that God has not given that gift to. And that has been a prayer in your heart. That has been a hurt in your heart that you've been exactly like Hannah. The story of Hannah resonates with you in great detail. And I can't stand here today and tell you that God will answer those prayers in the way that you think. I don't know. And I can't stand here and tell you that I sympathize with that pain. But I can tell you that God has placed you in a church that has Awana kids and student kids that will never know who mommy is. That will never know what it feels like to be hugged by their mother. That will never know what it feels like for their mom to tell them that everything will be okay. There's, there's, there's students and children in this church that, that don't know who daddy is. That when I've had so many conversations with, with young men that have come to me and said, and I, I've asked them, son, why did you do this, man? That was just a stupid idea, dude. Be a man. And then they hit me right in the heart. Nobody's ever taught me how. So I listen to music. And I watch TV. And I see how those men act. And we have young girls that are, God forbid, they are watching the media and they are watching the TV and they're listening to music to find out what it means to be a woman. And God has placed you in a church where there are children that need you. That need that motherly influence. That need you to step in like, like Pastor Doug has been talking about. They need you to step into that gap. I don't know if Christ will, if God will ever answer the prayer that you have in your heart the way that you are expecting to have. And that breaks my heart. But what I can tell you is that he has given you an outlet. He is giving you students and children that need you. I also can't stand here and tell you that, that God will answer your prayers if you put a dollar in the plate and buy a special prayer mat. Or because you were, or because you were prayed for on a TV broadcast that you'll be healed. But I can promise you that the God that heard Hannah's, the, the God that heard Hannah hears you. And he's still good. And he's still mighty. And he's still working. And what you're going through right now, you're not going through alone. Get on your knees. Pray for guidance. Pray for strength. Pray for him to carry you if you must. But don't give up because he's still on the throne. And he still hears your prayers. If you feel like that he's silent, keep talking, keep praying, keep moving forward. Just don't give up. Just don't give up. 
a faith-filled legacy is built on a foundation of prayer. It's built on constant prayer. A faith-filled legacy is framed with love. A faith-filled legacy is framed with love. There's a foundation of prayer, and then the framing of the walls happens with love. I can't think of love without thinking of Ruth. The love that Ruth showed to Naomi by staying with her. You all know the story. Ruth's husband died. Naomi's husband died. It's just all these women just by themselves. And so Naomi says, hey, listen, I'm going back home. You all find husbands. And Ruth says, I'm not leaving you. And Naomi asked her several times, just go, leave me alone. And then Ruth says, where you go, I go. Where you serve, I serve. And your God will be my God. And so at that point, I guess Naomi just said, well, I'm not getting rid of you, so I guess come on. And Naomi and Ruth left together, and, and, and it was a hard life, and, and Ruth provided for Naomi. And then in steps Boaz. And then this beautiful love story comes together. We talked about this. We had a, a whole session of this on the daily devotionals, just going through the entire book of Ruth and and. Just the beautiful love story that it is. And then we get to Ruth chapter 4. And we see that Ruth, this outsider, this, this Gentile, this pagan for all we know, is brought into the fold of King David through Boaz. That God says, because of your love and because of your faithfulness to, Na- to Naomi, you are now going to be in the lineage of King David. And, and her legacy was cemented in, the, in the, the lineage of King David because of her love, because it was framed by love, because of how she treated Naomi. If our legacy is built on the foundation of prayer, it is supported by the love we show those around us. If prayer is how we commune with God, love is the evidence of the relationship. 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verses 4-5, through 5, love is patient and kind. Love does not envy or boast. It's not arrogant or rude. It does not insist on its own way. It is not irritable or resentful. Ephesians chapter 4 verse 2 says, With all humility and gentleness, with patience bearing with one another love. Love is what supports our life. Love is what supports our legacy. Love is how people know that we are of the fold of God. It's... And it's not always easy to love the fold of God, is it? It's not always easy to love those that are in the the fold of God. And if you believe that it's easy, come hang out with us on a summer camp. You will leave thinking, Mike, I, I don't know what you need to do. I don't know what you need to do, but that one ain't getting on the bus. Adults are the same way. Sometimes it's hard when there's bitterness and there's backbiting. And there's an unspoken hurt that you won't tell somebody about. You know what? At the last potluck, he didn't talk to me, and so I ain't going to talk to him. And anybody that's his friend ain't my friend. That's a personal experience that I've had. We don't look like God when we don't love. We don't look like God when we don't love, but it's so easy to love. The littlest things, the littlest things, when 
when Caroline and I were, were first married, um, we and, and Nara was first born, I was a fry cook at Chick-fil-A. And I was a part-time uh, youth pastor. So we were raking in the dough. Uh, she <laughs> stayed at home with Nara. And so we ate a lot of peanut butter and jelly and box mac and cheese. Uh, well, that's all fine and good until you're like, man, I guess it's going to be peanut butter and jelly and box mac and cheese, and you open up the pantry, and you ain't got no peanut butter and jelly and box mac and cheese. You know, and, and so either my grandmother or her mom or my mom or somebody would, sparing my pride, hey, I bought an extra something. You want it? I bought an extra loaf of bread. Do you want it? Well, I don't really want to tell you that I have five bucks in my wallet and the bank account is in the red again, so yes. Or, or hey, we're going out to dinner. Why don't y'all come? My treat. And, and, and let me talk to you about what's going on. Do you know what the way to a middle school boy's heart is? Xbox and McDonald's. I mean, really, if you bring a kid a Big Mac, you are now king of the world. And if you can bring, most of our kids, if you can bring a spicy sandwich from Chick-fil-A and a lemonade, all over it. You bring me a spicy sandwich and a lemonade, and I'm going to love you forever. (laughs) You had Kobe Jack cheese and bacon on it, and, and it, yo, I mean... I may give you a hug, you know. I mean, it's just, it's awesome. It is so easy for us to love one another. It's so easy for us to show love to one another. How many, how many of you were so excited when we got back to church and somebody finally said, hey, listen, I need a hug. Were you excited about that? I'm a hugger. I'm telling you, throughout 2019 and 2020, you needed to be praying for me because I was not all right. I was walking around going, oh. There were so many people that I'd reach out for a handshake, and I'm taking it as a personal offense. And they're like, dude, there's a pandemic going on, man. I don't mean to slight you. I'm just not touching you, you know. It's so easy for us to show love, but yet we don't. But yet we don't, and, and, and Ruth made such an impact on Naomi's life that Boaz saw the kindness of her character. And she was cemented in Scripture in the lineage of King David. We, it's built on a foundation of prayer. A legacy is, is framed with love. And that it is covered by the proven provision of an unchanging God. The proven provision of an unchanging God. John 11 tells us the story of Lazarus. We see Mary and we see Martha and they have stayed with with Jesus for years. For years they've stayed with Jesus. They've, They've been taught by Jesus. They've seen Jesus. They've seen Jesus do miracles. They've seen him do great things. And then they send message to Jesus. Lazarus ain't okay. Something's wrong with Lazarus and you need to come home quick. And what does Jesus do? Ah, we're going about four days. 
We'll go in about four days. Because Jesus knew who he was. Jesus already knew what he was going to do. Mary and Martha had stayed with Jesus and they still didn't know who he was. And so what happens? Jesus comes into town and Jesus already has a plan. Jesus already has a plan. And Mary comes up. It says, if you had have only been here, Lazarus wouldn't have died. And I can't help but think the human side of nature was going to be, well, you're going to be real shocked here in about an hour, girl. Because he dead, but <laughs> I'm conquering it. He ain't going to be dead in about 90 minutes if you just calm down and recognize. When I was in high school, the big thing was you, you wanted to see who somebody was and you kind of puff up on them. You know, you kind of press your chest out, you know, hoo, hoo. And them guys would go, you better recognize. You know, Jesus, you better recognize who I am. And then Martha comes up and Martha says, listen, if you had have only been here, Lazarus wouldn't have died. And what does it say that Jesus did? It's the shortest verse in the Bible. Jesus wept. Was he weeping because Lazarus was dead? He was weeping because y'all have been with me this whole time and y'all still don't know who I am. Y'all have seen me do great things and y'all still don't know who I am. You've seen the power that I have and you still don't know who I am. They had spent years with Christ seeing miracle after miracle. But he wasn't, it wasn't until he reached into their impossible that their faith came alive and they saw who he really was. 2 Timothy chapter 4 verse 13 says, If we are faithless, he remains faithful, for he cannot deny himself. Lamentations 3, 22 through 23 says, The Lord's loving kindness indeed never ceases, for his compassions never fail. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. We sang about his faithfulness this morning. We sang about his faithfulness this morning. Have you ever been there when you got $20 in your pocket till payday? And there's a gift card in the mail. Or, or you get a refund check from the, from the power company. Or something happens and, and you're able to kind of stretch that. Or, or mama comes by and she says, hey, listen, I brought dinner. And she slips a, a 20 in your hand and puts it in your pocket. Have you ever been there where a family member gets a cancer diagnosis? And then the MRI comes back or the CAT scan comes back and they say, we don't know what happened, but we can't find it. Have you ever had a child that you prayed for for years that won't come back and then one day you come and they're sitting in the pew with you? Have you ever had a spouse that has turned their back on their faith, maybe they even mock and belittle you, and then somebody comes and gets you and says, hey, he's at the altar. God is good. When it seems like he's late and you cry, God, if only you'd been here. When your child is turned from the faith that she was raised in and you think all is lost. When your spouse mocks and belittles you for your faith and you cry for God to hear you. When the sea is vast and you can hear the chariot wheels and you can hear the horse tack. 
When we wonder how a church that has declined for years and gone through changes and felt hurt and despair, when we wonder how that church is going to reach a community that it sometimes doesn't recognize and a culture that doesn't want it, when we cry out, God, it's impossible. God cries back, when is impossible ever stop me? When we say, God, it's impossible, and he calls back, when has impossible ever stopped me? Has God ever stopped your impossible? Has God ever reached into your impossible? I'm almost done, I promise. I promise I'm almost done. Sorry, I get a little excited. All right, so I want to tell y'all a story about a faith-filled legacy that I witnessed. A story of a faith-filled legacy that I witnessed. There was a young woman that, that's, whose only gospel that she ever heard came from a Cherokee grandmother that would sing and, and speak to her in Cherokee and sing songs. And she carried these Cherokee songs with her. This young woman was born to an alcoholic father and a mother. He eventually left after putting her and her family through hell. And this, this mother got real bitter. And so this, 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 this young girl pretty much had to raise her brothers and sisters. Because mama had to work. She grew up with a single mother trying to provide for her kids. She prayed and she prayed and she prayed. She married a man that loved her but was wild in his own right. She would ask him to go to church and he would drop them off at the church house and he would go drink and play baseball. One day he did come to church and, and she was in the nursery and, and uh, somebody said, Hey, you need to come up here because he's at the altar. And he got saved that day, and it wasn't too long after that, that that he started preaching. She prayed, she loved, she saw the impossible, and then she saw God work through it. Through the prayers of a faithful woman, this man went on to preach throughout the state of Georgia and preach on radio waves. There's no telling how many people in the southeast came to Christ because of the words of this preacher, because of the prayers of this faithful woman. Her grandkids have preached in four countries and countless states. Her family now has three pastors, several deacons, and several elders. This family's legacy is built on the foundation of Christ because of the legacy of a faith-filled Christian. And when Martha Joan Davis stepped into glory, she was able to finally see the purpose for all the pain. Every brushstroke, every nail, every board, every brick was placed for a reason. That's my grandma. That's my grandma. I'm the product of a faith-filled legacy. And when I turned away, and when I wanted to, you know, do my own thing, and 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 she would say, she would say, now just listen. God has anointed you to be a pastor. God has anointed you to be a preacher. And I'm praying for it. And we had a saying in our family that if, if Joan Davis started praying for it, you didn't have a say in the matter. You know? <clears throat> and so she'd pray for me. And I would say, Nanny, I'm not going to be a pastor. I'm not going to be a preacher. I'm going to do something else. I don't even, even want to talk about Jesus. I don't want to talk about God. And because of the prayers of a faith-filled Christian, I've preached in four different countries, ten different states. All because of that woman right there. 
The point of that is that in here this morning, there, is mom, there are mamas that are struggling because they have children that stray. There are mamas that struggle because grandbabies just won't come to faith in Jesus. There are women in here that are praying for their husbands. They're praying for their friends. They're praying for their families. And they just don't know where to turn yet. Our ushers are about to be around. We want to give you a gift this morning. We want to give you a legacy. This is just a small prayer journal. That's all it is. It's, it's a small prayer journal. But the prayers of a faith-filled woman is the reason why this man is standing before you this morning. So as our ushers come around and they give these, I, I want to give you a challenge. I want to invite you to do something. If you do not have a current time where you pray with your children, where you pray with, with your spouse, let this be the catalyst that does that. Ushers, y'all are... Y'all are Y'all are more than welcome to start passing those out to ladies in the church. We want to give these to the ladies in the church. If you don't have a time when when you pray with your family, let this be the catalyst that does that. If you don't have a, if if you say, Mike, I'm not sure what my legacy is, let this be the start. Let this be the start of that legacy. If you say, Mike, you know what? I, I, I feel like I have a legacy. I don't know that I need this little prayer journal. Well, then let your legacy include someone else's legacy because the moment you pass this to someone else, your legacy now includes their legacy. So if you don't need this, pass it to someone that does. And our gift to you is knowing that their legacy is included in yours. If you're in here this morning and you don't know Christ and the saving grace that he gives and you don't know that peace, We pray that today would be the start of your legacy. That this prayer journal would be the catalyst that catapults you into the lineage of Christ. Start your legacy. Pray with your kids. Pray with their kids. Let someone else's legacy be a part of your legacy. We pray that this helps you. We pray that you're blessed by this. We we pray that someone else is blessed because of this. A faith-filled Christian, the power of one faith-filled Christian is that it can change the world. The power of one faith-filled Christian is that it can change and alter the life of someone else. Because you see, that's, that's Martha. That's Martha Joan Davis. That's my grandmama. But Joan Davis wouldn't have the legacy that she had unless an old Cherokee Indian taught her songs and taught her about Jesus. Let your legacy start today. Let's pray. Father God, we come before you today, Lord, and we thank you.